Thank you so much. Um, I'm very happy to be here. It's my second time in Bath, but the first time was a very, very short uh, time here. And it's a really privilege to be in front of you and share with you what God is doing in Burundi. Um, I have met so many people here who don't know where Burundi is. Someone was thinking in, is in South America somewhere. Uh, but Burundi is uh, in uh, what we call East African community. We have Rwanda in north. Uh, we have uh, Tanzania on east and um, <clears throat> DRC Congo in, on west. It's a very small country with uh, 10 million. Uh, the population is 10 million. And uh, we went through so a sack of violence and civil war uh, since uh, 60s. I don't want to talk about the history of Burundi, but I just want to share about what really God is doing through our ministry. Um, we speak French, and our mother language is Kirundi. Uh, four years ago, I was not able to stand and speak English, but I have tried to learn to be able to, to share with you. If you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm sorry for that, but I'm going to try to speak uh, as much as I can. And I want to start by sharing with you what happened in 93. 93, I was a young boy going, starting um, secondary school, going to a boarding school. And then in October 93, the president was uh, erected um, were killed, was killed, and then from that day, killing started in our country. And the next day after the president was killed, my father and 19 other members of my family were killed. And put somewhere, it's now 23 years, I don't know where the bodies have been buried. And then almost 300,000 people were killed in one month after that. It was really hard because it was not gun shooting or it was just using uh, machete and then other things like that. It was really hard because for me, it was impossible to go back home. Our house was destroyed, tree, trees was cut down, uh, cows killed. There was no, nothing left. And then the school had to, to close that time because it was impossible to continue. Uh, because the, the war was happening everywhere. And then I end up go to the city center, the city of Bujumbura. I have not really spent my time in Bujumbura because I was living 200 kilometers from Bujumbura. And then I find myself in the city of Bujumbura without having some food or um, any support. It was really hard. I was spending like four days without eating nothing and not having a very clear, a very, very good place to, to sleep. And it was really hard from since 93 to 95, it was really struggling. I was not able to continue studies. My last time to school was that time I didn't go back to school. Uh, it was impossible for me to be able to pay my school fees and could continue studying. It was really hard for me. And then as I grew up as a Christian, and my dad was really... Um, engaged Christian go to, to church every Sunday it was impossible to understand why God was not able to protect him 
and then there was that and then people have been killed in the church the the the, the one who come to take my father home to go to kill him was a leader in our church and then for me it was like there's no god and at the end i conclude that there's no god and i was even teaching to other young people that god is just an idea people have bring just to um to, to control us but it's not it's not real and that time so many young people was choosing to go to fight to go to go to the rebellion group to <clears throat> because the first idea in your mind was how can i revenge how can i go to fight but for me i didn't choose that that way but i was really struggling fighting with that until 95 95 a friend who knew me at school he came and asked me if i can go to stay in his room at university campus i was not studying but he he took me in his room at university campus and then he started to talk about god he talked to start to talk about jesus i say i know all this and then i don't believe in god and jesus yes was a very good guy like mandela or or, or gandhi or mateta king it was not god because if god was uh were there my father and other people were not killed like we we saw happen and then he continued to tell me about the, the love of god i say i know that and but he was reading some verse in bible and i say this is a book like others just give me that book i can show you tomorrow that there is no god and he gave me a new testament bible and then i wake up in my room and i start to read matthew the first chapter was not interesting was names of people and then i passed that and then i find myself in in in, in chapter 5 when jesus start to talk about the happiness the who who are the happy people and the blessed the people and then when i reach matthew 43 something changed a strong message came and when i was reading that verse it was someone it was like someone is in my room and i become angry and then asked, and then a voice came in my heart you have to forgive and i opened my mouth like someone is there and i say no i can't but it was really powerful and i go back to read and then so god was asking me to love my enemies the people who killed my my parent the people who been doing that but it was really powerful and then suddenly i say okay if that can give me peace i forgive i forgive them and something came in my heart was like a peace i haven't experienced for a long long time and that was really powerful beginning of something in my heart without knowing what really exact is let's maybe read that uh, matthew 5 um 43 to 45 you have heard that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous thank you that was really powerful it's like love your enemies and then that was the beginning of changing in my mind and my heart 
And then the next day I met with the, 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 my friend who, who I was telling him there is no God. I didn't have strength to say again, there's no God. Because it was like God was t- talking to me yesterday in my room. And then when I say I forgive, when I obey and say what he asked me to say, peace come in my heart. So it was like that was real. But it was impossible really to understand how I can develop my personal relationship because I grew up in the church doing everything the church asked me to do. But it was like I have to do that. There was no relationship with God. And then my friend keep, keep continue telling me about love of God until one day there was a gathering somewhere in the restaurant, there was different people uh, test, give testimony about um, their faith in God. And he invited me there because I have decided not to go back to church. But because it was really difficult for me to find some food, when he invited me to the restaurant, I said, okay, that's very good. That's a miracle for me. And then I went there and I found these guys were sharing the word of God. And the, the one who was preaching... He talk about, um, he talk about justification. He was talking about how Jesus, who never seen, who never knew sin, have become sin for me to become righteousness of God. It was really complicated thing for me, but somehow it was really powerful. The love of God have put all my sins to someone who never sinned. For me who, as a sinner, to be able to become righteous, uh, righteousness of God and to be able to become a child of God. It was really powerful. And then what he was explaining, it was like showing that all the problems we have in our country happening is because of the sin. It's not because of God. It's not God who... We give up people and who let the devil do what he wants. But it's because the people have obeyed the devil and then do what is not they were supposed to do. And that was the consequence happening around us. And that was really an answer to all the questions I have in my mind. And then he asked, who wants to make the decision to receive Jesus as his savior? I was the only one to make that decision that day. And then the peace I have experienced that, that the night become much more real to me. And then I start to continue to read that Bible, now understanding very well what was what, what's really the Bible was telling me. And then somehow somehow kind of joy start to come in my heart, peace and then hope for the future, which I have lost hope for two, three years without I was really hopeless. Uh, often someone who don't see how the future will be because I was not able to continue to study and no one was helping me to come out of that situation. But that time, like the sunshine in my life, then I start to see there is a hope and then there is a God who loved me no matter what is happening to me. And then I find a kind of security zone in my heart, inside of me, when killings was going on around me. And then in 98, I was already start to join a church. And then I was, uh, on a Christmas day, I went to church. And then, because I speak very well French, the pastor asked me to translate for a lady who was coming 
from Canada. And then I translate for her in French. And then after the service, she asked me, what are you going to do? It's Christmas. What are your plans? I say, I don't have plans. I don't have what to do. Maybe I'm going back to the room of my friends. And he, she, she gave me 5,000 Burundian francs. It was like that time around $5. And that was a, a, lot of, a lot of money for me because I've been spending years without having an income or some money for, for me personally. And then that was really enough money for me to celebrate Christmas. And I took a bus, got to the city center. Just before I reached the city center, I saw a group of street children sit on the floor. Very, very, very young street children. And then I have been there. I knew what it is. And then I was trying to think what these children are thinking now. It's Christmas. They are in the same kind of life, sleeping on the floor. And then I get out from the, the, the bus. I went to see them and I asked them, how are you? And what's Christmas mean for you? And then we start to sing, uh, some traditional Christmas songs. And then I remember that I have 5,000 Burundian francs. What's all, all money I have that time. And I asked them, can we find a place to buy some bread? And then they show me a place. We buy some bread and we buy some soda. And then we drink and, 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 and share the bread together. And I spend all afternoon with them. And then suddenly in the middle of that, when I saw those kids singing happy, God tell me quickly that in my heart, you are no longer an orphan. You are now have the mission to take care of orphans. And then that was the beginning. And then the next day, I have to go again to the bakeries, take the broken bread, and then try to go to the restaurant, collect some left food, and then bring to the, to the streets. And then sit down with them singing because I was not doing something else. And then every day, so many kids start to come. Next month later, uh, some uh, month later in uh, 1999, there was uh, during the, the, rain season, the rain season, there was an epidemic of malaria. And I remember going back on the streets, bringing some food to some of the kids. We were together the day before and find some kids died on the street, on the place we used to sit. It was really painful and then uh, it was impossible to, to help them and to bury them. And I took some who really, were really sick to the clinic. There was a Christian clinic at the church which was helping them to, uh, to treat them without paying a lot of money. And then after they give the medicine, I say, they are very, very sick. Can you give them a place to sleep? They say, we don't have rooms. It's, they are full. And then I tried to ask if they can help me. That was impossible. And then a driver gave me some money from that clinic. And then I went to rent a room not far from the clinic. And then the children were sleeping on the floor. Um, I went back the next day. All their friends from the street they come and sleep in the same. In a small room, there was like a 30 street children living, staying there. And it was impossible to say, I don't care, I don't, and I have to be able to go back again, try to find some food, and and then at the end, I was impossible. It was impossible for me to keep paying the rent, and I took them to one abandoned building in the city center. He he had a chance to visit that that one, 
And from there, other young street children was coming every morning, like, can start to become 100, 150 coming every day. There's so many street children. And then through that, I have learned what is faith. When you know that tomorrow morning you have 100, 120, 150 kids, but you don't know where you're going to find food. Or just taking time to pray, believing in a God, and God was doing miracles, really miracles. I remember one day, uh, we went in that room. I tried my, what I can. There was no food. And a friend, a man who, Simon Gilbo, they, he went to an, an office where they were saying goodbye to someone working for Tier Fund in Burundi. And then they have cooked a lot of food for all the people from Europe from uh, who were coming to celebrate. But they didn't show up. And then they had a lot of food left. And then Simon remembered that there's my friend who have kids there. And then suddenly after taking time to pray, like around nine in the morning, we see him come and with the with special foods we cannot expect to have. Even the kids give a, a special name, that kind of food until now. <clears throat> because that was really a miracle. And then God have been faithful. God have been opening doors. And after some month, a businessman from... Uh, Sweden come and he, he, he meets me. I was helping him to find some places and he rent a house and he asked me to take house, uh, care of his house. And then I bring 33 children in the same house. We're living together and until um, I was married and then the, the, we were living together with 30 children before even I had my own children. That was experiencing every day how the love of God. And I remember I had, I had a very big problem because the majority of the children living with me that time were from the ethnic group of those who killed my father. And then people were telling me, how can you do this? They are going one day to kill you. They are going to do bad things to you and everything like that. But um, they grew up and then like to make story short now, they are those who are leading new generation. They are my family. They, some of them are finishing university. They, they, they are graduated at secondary school. And then we have been experiencing the love of God. But in, sometimes in 2003, I was, because I've been preaching uh, forgiveness. I was preaching <clears throat> reconciliation in my country. And then something was still there. Even I had in my heart, I've already forgive the people who killed my father. I, I haven't met them. It was just me in my heart and God. And then suddenly I said, I have to go to find them. And we went, I took a team of my friends. We went back up country and we, we went there with guitar and a, a group of, a team of worship, worshipers. <clears throat> then when we reached the place, I met the guy come to take my father home and he didn't recognize me because it was like 10 years after and then uh, we start to talk and exchange and I say um, I give my name and then he want to run I say no sorry don't, don't run I come to tell you that God forgive me and I come to tell you that I forgive you and I was like feeling I want to see him saved I want to see him go to heaven and 
he, I invited him to come to the gathering I was organizing and I had time to preach. And after when I left, because so many people there give their life to Jesus, and then after that they send me a letter because of what I have done. They're saying, we, were, we have been spending years and years ex- thinking that one day you'll come back with guns and then come to revenge. But now you come back with love and forgiveness. And then it was really powerful time. And after years I was going back, I remember I went back again because when uh, we went to preach that, that place, I found some many kids who are really naked, not, 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 don't have clothes, from a special group of ethnic group we call Batwa. And then I said, let's bring some clothes to the kids. And then we went back with another team of my friends. And then when uh, we reached there, I started to give some clothes to them. And then suddenly someone come from my back and then <clears throat> touch me and say, can you please give some clothes to my daughter? And I was just turning and saying, no, 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 it's for just the Batwa people. But when I look at him, was the guy who, who came to take my father and go to kill him. And then a clear voice came in my heart <clears throat> saying, it's not just enough to forgive, but it's very important to do something good to the one you forgive. And I told my team, sorry, I'm going to do an exception. Can you give me some clothes? And I give to that uh, child, his daughter. And that have been much more. Before was inside only, inside of my heart to feel peace. But I was like, peace come even my body. I was like feeling kind of healing. And the weight um, was leaving my, my, my body. And life can become much more much more easier um, just now we have started the cooperative I have tried to mobilize children of those who have been killed the same day with my father and the children of the people who have identif- been identified that the people who have inv- was involved to kill our parents and we have started a cooperative together uh, we, we start a project of cultivating and growing some food. And we say, this soil, there's a too much blood was on, the, on this soil, on the area where we grow up. Let's work together, farm and grow food, and then share what's come from this soil. And then we can redeem this soil, and then we can de- redeem our land. And then now we are, we're going to harvest in, in, in two months coming. And what we're going to do is to divide the harvests. One uh, part will be for the three children we have in our program. And then the other half will be to share in the community, the people who have been involved in that cooperative. And I, start, I have started a program of healing of memories where we keep talking about forgiveness and the word of God and uh, people can come together. At the same time, we continue with the Street Children program. We have so many children who went through our program and go back to school. They have uh, homes where they can stay. And then our dream, as you have heard in the, in, the, in the video, is to raise a new generation of leaders. What is really practical with our program, we don't only try to give some food for hungry children. We really focus to invest 
to have an investment and train the children who are going to be in a position of decision making who are from the streets together who don't say we are Hutu, Tutsi, Otua, but who are going to have an influence in our community, in our society, in our country. Uh, my dream since the beginning to now, Burundi is now going through a very hard time because of the president's run for third term. And there was a demonstrations. Other young people have been killed last year. There was some was very hard time. But our hope is to see the former street children who believe in God to be in a position where they are going to lead that country, will be making decisions, will be very good servant of God, will be um, very good businessmen who are coming without all this kind of division mindset we grew up seeing in our country. I want to finish with two things. Uh, one is just to tell you what I have, in, I have seen in my life forgiveness is able to do. We are children of God, not just because we are Christian, we grow up Christian. We become children of God because we are forgiven our sins. And then through the love of God, through grace, Sometimes it's difficult to imagine how, as a sinners, God have changes through the redemption when Jesus gave his life for us. We are not people who deserve, we didn't do nothing special to be accepted by God. We are not really different with other people outside who don't come to, to church, who don't believe in God. We are, look like the same. We make the same mistakes. There are some of them don't even do so many mistakes like we do. But the only thing is only a decision we have made in our life to exchange with Jesus, to accept his righteousness, and he accepts to take our sins, and we are forgiven. One day he tell, he, he tell his disciple about forgiveness. And then he talked about his story of someone who was, who had some, a debt of, a lot of money from somebody. Ex example, like one million pounds. And then he went to ask for forgiveness and say, can you please forgive me? And then the one who, he, who, who have given him that money say, yes, I forgive you. Go, be in peace. And when he went outside, he found someone who owned him some money, like thousand pounds. And he jumped on him, say, you have to give me that money. If you don't give me that money, I'm going to kill you. And then they start to cry. And then the one who just forgave him went out and find this guy is fighting with somebody else. Say, what happened? He said, this guy owned me one thousand pounds. I just forgive you for one million pounds and you want to kill somebody because of one thousand pounds. And then Jesus went far he, until he said something. That, that's two things Jesus said which are really, for me, powerful. 
There's something also I've read in the Bible. One is saying, you can't please God if you don't have faith. That's one thing. And second thing is when they say, you cannot be forgiven if you don't forgive. And I was like, God? Really? Most of the time we come to God and we want God to give us peace and forgiveness when we are not able to forgive someone because we don't have the same opinion. You talk about Brexit and talk about Trump and other things happening. I saw in our country people fight and kill each other just because they don't think the same way. Just because they cannot forgive each other. There are three people in my life, in what I'm doing, who have been touched by the message of forgiveness. One is my wife, to make story short. She spent 10 years with me, married. I didn't know he had a father. Because his father did wrong things to his mother and bad things. And then he was a leader in Islamic religion. And then one day when my wife, she became a Christian, his father organized a feast with all the leaders in the Islamic religion. And he said, my daughter, she's died. she died. She's no longer my daughter. She, she can't even stay here. And she live. She go to stay with his, his uncle on the mother's side. I went, I'm went for the, all the f- feasts we did for wedding, I didn't know that he had a father. Because she had to tell me, I don't have father. Because his father was already saying, I can't come to your wedding or do something for you. One day I was preaching on Sunday like this on our church, talking about forgiveness. And my wife left quickly the, the, the church and went to home. Our house was not far from the, the, the church. And then when I went in the, in, at, at home, I found her streaming, crying. I said, what happened? And I, I was trying to take, take her to the hospital. But she was saying, no, I can't. And then at the end, I asked her, what happened? She said, I can't. I can't. I can't. I said, I can't. You can't what? After some time, she said, I can't forgive him. I say, who? My father. And I think, okay. Even someone died, you have to forgive the person because he want to continue. I've said, go ahead, forgive him. Say his name. She said, you know him. I said, he's still alive. After 10 years, I didn't have enough time to ask many questions. I said, please say his name and forgive him. After some times, she said his name and I say, I forgive you. And she fell down. She slept for two hours. And then many sicknesses she had for a long time some problems we had in communication because she had that very big burden in her life was gone just because she forgave. Now she's a very good mother. Before she spent time, she was saying, I'm not going to be married. I'm not going to have kids. I don't want to have that kind of life. But everything changed slowly until even the day she forgave his father and his life became better. There's someone walking, she's a worship leader in our church. One day his friend called me and said, come quickly. I went 
And I found she had already taken medicine to kill herself. And then I took her to the, the hospital. They give medicines and everything. And then after she come back to life, everything, I asked, what happened? And I find she had signed documents to his mother for something was happening in the family. And then his mother, her mother was taken to prison. And then she was feel guilty. And I say, now to go find your life, you have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself. You have to take the decision and say, I forgive myself. It's not my fault. I make the yes mistake, but God forgive me, I have to forgive myself. Wednesday, last week, this week, Wednesday, she graduated at university as the best student in your life. It's only three years ago. She maybe killed herself. Her life was will be stopped at that, that, that place. We always need to forgive somebody. It can be ourselves, our parents, our friends, the people we don't share the same point of view, to be in peace and to continue to live and to glorify God. I maybe take long more time than what they give to me. You can just read, read for me First John three sixteen, and I'm close. I'm just going to close that. John. So most of people know about John three sixteen. I grew up singing that verse. You know what I say, John three sixteen. But not many people know John. What well, First John three sixteen. First John three sixteen. Do you know what that say there? We all know John 3.16, but first John 3.16 is very interesting. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. John 3.16, God loves us and give his son. First John 3.16, Jesus loves us, give his life. And then we have also to give our lives to our brothers. We all need to be and to live a happiness life. Burundi was in decision in the report of the UN since last year, is the last poorest country in the world. Poorest country. You can't even imagine what it is. I grew up in poorest area of Burundi. And Burundi is the poorest country in the world. Most of people die just because they don't have food. They just die. I know people who died because they don't have food. There's so many orphans, so many, so many problems happening. But in the middle of that, you can be happy. You can be joyful. You can be peaceful. Not because you have things, but because you are living the life God created you to live. You are serving others. I was going through the security and then uh, immigration at the Heathrow. When big airplane lands, you have hundreds of people go through the migration. 
And I was there and just look at the white people, Chinese, African people, women, men, young, old people go through. Everyone have to just put his passport or his fingers. No machine can be confused and bring a picture of somebody else. And I just realize I'm unique. In among all these billion of people on the earth, I'm unique. God have created me to bring something other people don't have. How can I be blessed if, I, if I'm not serving other people? If I'm not loving even the people who are, are my enemies? I want to finish just this conversation by telling you you are unique on this earth and all the seven billions Burundians, Chinese from South America anywhere, they have something they need from you from your love and if you just open your heart even if you start by those who are not deserving to having your love, you're going to be the, hap- the, the blessed and happiest person on the earth. I'm here because five dollars on Christmas Day in '98 was my seed in my hand was all my money, my money I had that time. I didn't know that feeding 15 kids on the street in Bujumbura with the, all I have, $5, was going to pay me ticket of airplane to go to travel and do conferences. I didn't know that I was giving a seed which was going to make it, help me to be able to help hundreds of other children. There is something in your heart you have as a seed for someone else. God has put love in your heart to love and to impact someone else's life. There's no one who is a bad person. I have learned through when I went through in my life, even if People, all the people on the earth do something bad to me. I have enough, enough, enough love to forgive. I cannot give opportunity to somebody to put me in a position of slave because I don't forgive the person. I can't believe how someone can do something bad to me and he can sleep I cannot sleep because I don't want to forgive the person. He punished me twice. There's someone who did something bad to you. There's someone who come back here on your Monday when I'm talking. Be strong. Go. Forgive and good thing. Good do good thing to the that person.
this is what is going to give you to put you another level when stress anxiety and all this kind of things cannot reach your heart because you are on level where you can do good for someone who did something bad to you let maybe take just one second and pray now not for Burundi but for yourself Let's maybe think about that. If, if it's, I don't know if it's that old, but for me I do that. If you can just cl- close your eyes. There's someone who have power controlling you because he did something you don't like and you don't like the person and you are hurt about that. It's yourself. You don't forgive yourself for something you did and cause you problems. It's maybe a parent, a friend. It's maybe a politician who did something you cannot feel the love in your heart to love and forgive the person. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Because they're going to give you freedom and peace. Father, we thank you for your love. We don't understand how you did to forgive our sins. But you did it in a way we cannot understand. Give us strength to forgive the people who did bad things, wrong things to us. Give us possibility to love those who are not deserving to be loved. Because we are not deserving to be loved by you. By your love, bring us closer to you. Heal our hearts. Give us strength to stand. Give possibility for us to help and to put a seed in the lives of so many other people. Who feel alone. Who feel not loved who are under injustice on this world. Let this Remembrance Day not be just only for the history of this country, but to be a Remembrance Day in what you did in our lives and what we can do in the lives of other people who are waiting for forgiveness and for love. We thank you. We love you. We glorify your name in Jesus. Amen.